Betches Media presents At Betches, a podcast hosted by Betches co-founders Aileen Drexler, Jordana Abraham, and Sammy Sage. Before they were business partners, they were close friends who've known each other since elementary school. On Wednesdays, we wear pink. From their awkward middle school years to founding Betches and beyond, get to know the women who've been making us laugh since 2011. Who allowed you to take my breath away? This is At Betches. This is going to be just like senior year, except for funner. Welcome back to the At Betches podcast. I'm Jordana Abraham. I'm Sammy Sage. And I'm Aileen Drexler. And we're the founders of Betches Media. To mark the 10th birthday of Betches, the three of us have returned as the permanent co-hosts of the At Betches podcast. This is the third episode of the season where we'll be revisiting our time together as friends and business partners. Last week, we talked about going to college together at Cornell, which is where Betches started. In this episode, we're going to talk more about the founding of the company and the early stages of Betches Media. So let's start off where we left off on the cliffhanger of last episode, the night before Betches, <laughs> the night that Betches was born, conceived. It's really where it was conceived or birthed? Both. All in one night. It sounds like we like fucked head sex. An <laughs> immaculate conception all in one night. Right. Oh. <laughs> the virgin betches. Massive <laughs> orgy. Um, <laughs> so where should we begin, guys? Like the three of us are sitting on our couch, dirty ass couch. Yeah. I think it started. We started wanting to do like a Twitter because as we said last time, we like were a little bit into trolling people. And it was also cool to do like anonymous Twitters at that time. If you remember, that was like kind of a trend. Yes. Should we give the context yeah. of like the internet at the time of 2011, yes. February 2011? Okay. Yeah. You, you look excited to give it. Go. I'm just remembering. <laughs> I think that there was like a lot in that sort of like satire, frat tire world. There was like Tucker Max, I remember was like huge at the time. He had those books, like I hope they serve beer, beer in hell, which were really just about like being like a bad person kind of a complete asshole right just yeah. like a like an asshole it was very like fratty very like one-sided and there was also other like satire i feel like was like very big then do you remember sushi with my girls was like sushi with yeah. my girls like jezebel gawker yeah were huge also just to speak to max tucker no tucker max, <laughs> tucker max. <laughs> I <got my> grandma <laughs> Max, Mr. Tucker, Mr. Max, <laughs> right, Mr. Max. It was, it was, it, okay, yeah, it was about being an asshole, but it was like so glamorized by everyone, right? Like it to be broy, it to it by women and like m- women like loved bros, including us right. who were 21, 20. and also just like writing about those sexual escapades was big. Do you remember that that girl with the PowerPoint of all the guys she slept with was also like yes. right around then? Yeah. Do you yes. remember that Charlie Sheen's Tiger Blood thing was around then? Yeah. Well, think of it. It's, it seems like a really like wild few years, actually. Now that I'm like thinking about all the crazy stuff that like was kind of like floating around during that time period. Right. It was the beginning of Twitter, too. And and in, and Instagram. Yeah. Social media like Facebook was strictly like a, t- a real timeline. Like we were using Facebook as our main source, as our main social media, like yeah. It was you were writing on each other's walls, sending each other videos like that's how we kind of communicated also on BBM. <laughs> but there was no Instagram. Yeah, I mean, Instagram technically started in 2010, but no one was using it for another couple of years. Yeah. yeah. And Chelsea Handler also wrote those books also about like all of her sexual exploits. Do you remember? Yeah. Chelsea Handler yeah. was like we also are obsessed with we were obsessed with Chelsea Handler. Like we would read her books out loud at the at the pool during the summer with each other right it was like it was we were we were obsessed with her she was like we made her batch of the year <laughs> and she was the first batch of the week yeah right wow she was kind of like the model on which it was built she but was, like more exaggerated right i feel like she was her. like one of she was one of the first like examples i can think of of like a woman who was just like really funny and like really just like not even trying to like pretend that she was like sort of that that she was like perfect but also like that she wasn't like this sexual partier who she was her all her books were about like how she was like drinking all the time and like sleeping with all these people and they were like really funny stories and she just did it in a really smart really funny way where she didn't take herself that seriously so i think we definitely like really like we were inspired by her yeah inspired by her and also she was like setting this example for 
young girls, us young girls, like women, that you don't need to be this like, like this sweet, demure person to, and that you don't need to do everything to make men like you. You can be sort of yourself, like very degaff attitude. And I think that's, that was an inspiration because we're like, hey, living in this college life, first of all, we have the bros, right? all the bro and then going back to what we were talking about sorority life before how everything was centered about making bros like you frat bros like you right mm -hmm. and yeah. so we were just like well no fuck that we don't i don't really want to subscribe to this so i think we were even more impressed by her content especially the environment that we're in at the time so, yeah, so there was all of that kind of going on at the time and blogs were also really popular. And we were always kind of trying to like, we call it like clown around and <laughs> and just kind of like make random creative endeavors that most of them didn't really go anywhere. And they were all like kind of just for fun and jokes. Like we wrote that, we're writing that script about um, the apartment, it was the called apartment, the apartment, right? Which is sort of like, again, like just I, bet kind you of I could still find that wanting to talk yeah. about our lives, wanting to talk about like what was going on around us, sort of the ridiculousness of it. And then um, that seemed that was a pretty big that was a pretty big feat. So I think we decided to try to get a Twitter. Remember when we um, just as another endeavor, um, we thought we were going to start a business, and we were like electronic medical records. These are going to be everywhere. <laughs> and we made we told the idea to like one of our guy friends, and we made him sign an NDA, like a handwritten yes. NDA. That was like I will idea. not talk about this. Yeah, but yeah. EMR was like a thing already. Well, we thought we could get in early. <laughs> I actually, I I remember I, I applied for that job that I got really, that I was really hung over for the whole interview in Wisconsin that was based on electronic medical threw records. Up and I threw up the interview. <laughs> Before the tour of the whole, like, <laughs> 40,000 square foot building or something. Like, it was like a complex. Imagine, like, throwing up before you, like, like toured the Google complex, like, the whole fucking thing. Did you throw up in their garbage? Their bathroom. Oh, and then I had to take a um, aptitude test. <laughs> I would have just walked out. Like it's hilarious. I she okay, but but um, at at one point we thought like, oh, electronic medical records are going to be the future. We could be the ones <laughs> to right. Why did we think we were going to be those people? Like even once we started the business, like we didn't know really how to make it a business. I mean, and now electronic medical records are a thing. So I mean, someone used like to it. The only we could have been so rich. <laughs> well, I mean, we used to. I used to work in. I think you used to work in Rom's office too. Like my mom's doctor's office was all like by hand, like those folders yeah. that you would like file. Oh, my dad actually ended up writing his own EMR program. We should have asked him. We should have asked him to get in on that. <laughs> that's really funny so anyway so we were we were like kind of just clowning around basically like trying we to dabble for our big idea where our creativity can land us because we all thought like we were we always made each, our, each other laugh like we were like constantly laughing in our apartment very much clowning smoking <laughs> weed um and just and sick news we were just like having a good time and we were like what can we where can we channel this energy and so one night we were like well let's make a twitter account that's a sat complete satire and then we like try to make it but the idea we the one idea we had to name it was way too long for twitter so we're like fuck it let's make let's make a blog because like jordana said we'll make a blog but do you remember our first email address Yes, I love me confessions because the because the the Twitter was going to be called Confessions of a Narcissist. That's what the Twitter was going to be right. called. So the email we made to go with that Twitter was I love me confessions at right. Gmail. Then we realized that we can't um, that it didn't fit as a Twitter. Right, it was too many characters. Yeah. So we still had the email. Yeah. So we used the email to start the blog, and that was the first Betch's email. Should we talk about why we wanted to do like confessions of a narcissist? Because like that's pretty. Yeah. It's kind of really funny. <laughs> well, because we wanted it to be like as exaggerated as possible. We wanted to be able to like say the most exaggerated yet like satirical yeah better when you when it's more exaggerated. So we wanted to be able to go to like that extreme end. 
without and narcissists. We also, we were just like observing the culture around us and just people were at their peak, <laughs> like ridiculous. We were at our peak. Narcissists. We were in in asshole territory as well and we were just like but we also had the self-awareness to sort of say like we are like we were we need to make fun yeah. of ourselves and we need to make fun of the people around us aka our friends really and we also did it anonymously um but then again yeah the twitter didn't work out due to poor the planning characters. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like fuck it let's make a blog and the blog because blogs were the way were another really popular up and coming yes. form of con internet content. And um, like everyone's like, Ooh, what's your blog before influencers or anything existed. Yeah, there were no influencers. There was no point. influencer marketing in the, in the way that is now. And you had to no, have talent. There was no you fashion influencers. Talent. You had, you have to be a good writer to have yeah, yeah. a blog. And yeah, so that's kind of where it began, and we just started writing. Do you remember we? So we we wrote on the we 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 started WordPress account, and we were like, uh, it's like, it's like twenty five dollars to start like to get this uh, website, and then like it's another eight dollars if we want to get rid of the dot wordpress dot com at the end instead of betches love this site dot com, and we were like, is it worth it? Is it not worth it? Blah blah blah. And then I was like, you know what? Like I'll just pay for it, and then I'll take it off your guys's like electric bill <laughs> like charges <laughs> yeah like it was like we were literally like four dollars each <laughs> like, right so we made that decision for first business <laughs> <laughs> to invest invest in the company yes. invest in the yeah. url like uh, just as a reminder we are seniors in in college <laughs> like sitting on in this disgusting apartment i mean i do think financially it does um indicate like that seems like a lot of like we didn't want to spend that money. No, like, I'm just saying that like we were yeah. the way that we kind of negotiated with each other was right. very um, appropriate for the life stage that we were in. It's expensive <laughs> to start a business. OK, there was no Venmo. It's so weird. Yeah. The idea that you had to like pay someone back like I think you with like, cash. gave you cash. <laughs> So anyway, so we started writing and just like a bunch of blog posts whenever we felt like it based on what we were like feeling or seeing. And it we we used Facebook because Facebook at that time, things could go viral in a sense that they don't really go viral now. It's there's nothing that's the same anymore. Right. And also writing on someone's wall was like a thing like that was kind of how you like publicly you discovered like, showed things. your friend it's also like how you like publicly like showed your friendship with someone like totally. what is what is our wall to wall right wall to wall which evolved into see friendship which now no one even looks at anymore right. there was there was no was there was a timeline was there, it, it was like uh there was your walls at the time there was a feed i was a feed that was like there pre, was no like timeline it was pre-instagram i would say facebook was like the thing like that was how we lived yeah. our lives that's how you stalked people it was right. the first social media for us. That's I remember trying to get in on somebody's like college account when I was in high school and like trying to stalk this. Obviously, this guy I liked <laughs> who was in college. <laughs> and um, that's like <laughs> so I remember like the album titles and Sammy, you had a breakdown because you lost your camera and it had like digital all these cameras. Good all, everyone when? would go out with the yeah. digital camera and when take did all I these lose pictures. my camera? You lost your camera like in the beginning of senior year and you were like, there were all these pictures where my arm looked thin and <laughs> I like have to find this camera because like otherwise they're gone. <laughs> right. And they like, lived oh, on the camera yeah. unless you uploaded them and then you would upload them to Facebook. It's just like a wild time. <laughs> Gen Z would never know. They like have no clue what they're doing. They're right editing now. like full on feature films I on Facebook <laughs> and Blackberry culture. Very, they're like, oh yeah, yeah. They're like, they have a PhD in like Final Cut Pro by the time they graduate elementary school. Like, they, I don't even know what they're that like. Is. Meanwhile, we're like just <laughs> uploading shit into like a fucking floppy disk. Listen, we all know that scratchy PJs can make a cranky kid. I want my kids to be comfy when they sleep and are rested in the morning. And that's why I snuggle them up in Little Sleepies. Little Sleepies makes award-winning bamboo PJs that moms rave about. I am said mom. I am obsessed with Little Sleepies. They are so, so, so soft. 
I just got one that was the Checkmates Zippy for my son, Lucas. It's so adorable and it's limited edition, so everybody go check it out. Little Sleepy's Zip Romper Pajamas, aka Zippies, the ones that I got, were designed with thoughtful details like fold-over feet, mittens, and a double zipper to make the middle-of-the-night diaper changes easier. Made from the buttery soft, custom-milled Luna Luxe Bamboo Viscose, their Zip Footy Pajamas are gentle on sensitive skin and babies with eczema. But what parents rave about the most? How long they fit. And Little Sleepies makes the best baby shower gift. They have inclusive sizing from preemie to adults 3X. There are also nursing and pregnancy-friendly styles available for adults. So try a pair of Little Sleepies today. Fair warning, you'll never go back. You can try Little Sleepies for yourself by visiting littlesleepies.com. Plus, get 15% off your order on littlesleepies.com with code BETCHES. That's L-I-T-T-L-E-S-L-E-E-P-I-E-S.com with promo code BETCHES. Okay, so we started this, we showed it to one friend or two friends who put it on like their sister's wall who were like younger or something. And it just went well, viral. I would like to point out our business acumen without without realizing what our business acumen was at the time that we were like, how can we get this out there without making it obvious? A, because that was our goal was to be anonymous, right? B, we were like, who do we know that has a lot of Facebook friends? So marketing acumen <laughs> and we, who also would see this and then want to share it and then and so that's what we did we felt we were like who is a friend of ours that is like that we chose one we chose then, two we chose two because again smart <laughs> one younger one one with a younger sister and one with an older sister smart. and we asked them to put it on their sister's walls talking about age demographic distribution <laughs> and we <laughs> We're like, because it felt intuitive to us at the time. We were like, this is the right way to get it out there, right? And um, also, we should point out in college, at, we got an email from, didn't, was this later? James we Franco. Got, no, it was no, after. no. No. Snapchat guy. What's his name? Evan? Oh, Evan Spiegel when yeah. it was called Boohoo or something. I don't think that was in yeah. college. I think that was like the year after. It wasn't college. No, it was in it was college. college. It was. It was like, I remember where I was sitting. In but that spot. was after we started it, right? That's why he emailed <laughs> yeah. us. Yeah. Back to our um, intelligence <laughs> and marketing acumen. We um we did that. We posted it. We were like, look what I found. It's hilarious. <laughs> and it just kind of went viral. Yeah. And they had original website had like this number at the bottom of the screen that would tell you how many hits it got. And yeah. like we would like watch it, the refresh. number go up and like refresh it. And it was like, that was like probably the most one of the most exciting like things that we did just watching this number go up because it was like cumulative during too. pre games. Also, the social network was a big movie at the time, so we would like apply it to ourselves. Like we, <laughs> pretend that we, we invented Facebook, we invented blogs. But also at the time, again, we weren't trying to make this a business. We were anonymous because we wanted real jobs after school. My plan was still to be a doctor. Jordana wanted to use her PAM degree and Sammy wanted to be Elle Woods. And like, we all just kind of wanted to graduate and be not, not do this as our job. We were like doing this as a fun sort of side gig that we thought like kind of, you know, why it was a not? hobby. It was a hobby. It was a hobby. It was a hobby. It was a creative outlet. It took it took us about, I would say, like ten days to tell our close group of friends, and then it took about three weeks for like everyone we knew at Cornell to know it was us, though. So everyone in our inner circle knew pretty quickly that it was us, and then it took like people outside that didn't. Really it was know. pretty funny for our friends, like that that weren't at Cornell, like some our friends from Indiana, Wisconsin. <sighs> that would like share the this the blog with us in our group chat remember Jordana like Alexa and Ariel would You're share like, with us this? like who the fuck is writing this why are these stories so similar to our lives like what are these like sim like these analogies like we also used a picture from like one of someone's pool like or it was us but we like put like smiley faces over the over the the faces we were not, we were not able to do that we didn't they knew that they knew then it was more so about the jokes that felt very eerily similar and they were like and then you and i were just like giggling like about it i remember being on the elliptical like not even doing anything at like the fake gym and i was just like alexa's just <laughs> like who is this and i'm like ha, 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 ha. <laughs> like just laughing but then then we told everybody and 
it was just kind of exciting at the time when there was just like you're always looking for the next kind of thing to be excited about. I also think that it kind of like formed us a little bit of like an identity after that point at school. Like, like I think that people started like referring to us as like the Betches. Like that's where it all sort of like a lot of our friends still refer to us as the Betches. I know. I know. <laughs> it's very funny. Yeah. <laughs> but again, we weren't trying to make this a business is the point. Like that was never the goal. We never thought of ourselves as business people. And we just wanted to make people laugh. We just kind of wanted to make people laugh. We wanted to have fun ourselves. And um, but then there was like we got an email from this like producer lady, TV producer, who was like by the because it, it went viral, told us that, um, you know, this could be a, a hilarious 30 minute series and we're like what <laughs> who is this bitch <laughs> like what do we need an agent <laughs> and then we found an agent <laughs> well okay so one of one of like our like our friend's brothers was an agent and like whatever we spoke to him he basically connected us with a book agent and that was kind of like where we went next and they recommended that we keep writing the blog and that we keep just like posting at a consistent cadence not at like the rare occasion we're not hungover cadence yeah <laughs> like whenever we felt like it they were like you yeah. should be a little bit more disciplined in your output of your content we're like okay okay <laughs> okay boomer <laughs> <laughs> and we're <laughs> okay so but we did grad we graduated like pretty shortly after we we started it and we, we moved got home. home yeah we moved home to our houses uh, mm -hmm. with our parents and we were still like working on it and my biggest memories of that time would be just like driving around smoking right. weed and thinking of ideas <laughs> yeah I agree it was good times but it's also we were like telling our parents this is what we're doing was also like enough I can't I'm I can't it's hard for me to look back and put myself in my parents shoes and like wonder what are these children doing you know what I mean like, what, what did they think that we were up to? They thought, like, maybe, I mean, we were, like, we had interest from an agency, I feel like, and we had, like, you know, interest from a publisher. So I think that there was a sense of, like, okay, there's someone interested. They're young. If they, or at least for my parents, it was kind of like, if it doesn't work out, like, it's not like, again, we're starting at, like, 35 with families. Like, we don't, like, if it doesn't work out, we can easily pivot to do something else. Right. And right. My mom was yeah. kind of like, do whatever you want. Like, I don't really care, but Just I'm not, not I'm not for paying you. for it. Right. I'm not paying right. for you. And then I remember my home life being very chaotic. So I was and we weren't making any money. So it was kind of like, how do we like we need to make some money? Right. We need to make money and I need to get out of this house. So that was definitely like something that helped. Well, that's what why we were like, OK, so let's kick this shit into high gear. Could this really be a thing? I remember a really distinct moment, like a really distinct memory of sitting on that college couch. And we were just sitting there refreshing that the, that meet that number and looking at each other and being like, or Sammy, you said it like, imagine if this was our job like one day and we were just like, <laughs> LOL, Jeff, like, no, like this, is, can you, this will never be our job. And now like, it's it. crazy to be where we are right now to think back and then to that moment and to like be in your bodies in that moment and have that question. Right. And then to like fast forward 10 years later and we've made it a job. And we also made a lot of other people jobs <laughs> as well. Right. We're which, job creators. Which is crazy. It's crazy. So Jordana need to get that fuck out of her house. <laughs> Sammy and I, we were having a good time. We Flower were kind Hill. of okay, like with our houses. My my parents, like, I mean, my mom was like yelling at me 24-7. And, to like, get groceries. Well, that was my rent. Like I had to do a lot of chores to live at home. So... <laughs> My mom, I would just like, I would just like cry about like, I, I have the distinct memory of like crying, like I'm going to be stuck in this house forever. And my mom being like, it's okay. Oh, it's okay. I'll take care of you. You're not going to be stuck here forever. Oh my You're God. You're just working. Yeah. So we, yeah, we really needed to make money. Yeah. I mean, we did briefly, we did briefly have other jobs or at least like yeah, I did. I did you for did. six weeks. I did not. I was a headhunter for six weeks. I fucking hated it. I did for like four months 
I was like, I need to get out of here. My home life was like very chaotic and I needed to get out of there. So I, and I had, stu- I had some student loans to pay. So I was like doing that. I remember that year we set up between that, like the summer and like the next summer when we were in an office, we set up like, we did set up Google ads. We set up Burst Media and I changed from checking the hits on the blog to checking the ad revenue every yes. day and refreshing that. Yeah, I learned how to use Photoshop by through YouTube to try to design us some shit and to make us a, a, a website that we can monetize through Google ads because you right, couldn't- that was what it was. You couldn't monetize like the .wordpress.com at the yeah. time with Google ads. We were like, we got to get off of this. And that's, so then we were like, okay, what do we do? Oh, and then we also went to get in our business incorporated. That was another thing that we had to go, go do. We went and to the Chase bank account and a bank account. Still bank with Chase today. We still bank with Chase. We love our bankers. (laughs) We wish it was. And then we just slowly kind of just grew. We we worked to make the revenue go up. We worked worked every day to put out more content, which increased our audience, which increased our revenue. And we put all of that revenue back into the business. So then we were like, we need to find some people to help us. So we looked for you know, developers to help us run the the tech side or like the ad side. And we were using all of that money to fuel the the company at the time. And technically that's called bootstrapping. And it's just, it was a very long process (laughs) over the last 10 years. A lot of fucking things have happened. A lot of things we, a lot of challenges, a lot of obstacles we overcame, a lot of things that failed which we can get to in a little. Um, but Sammy, do you want to talk about like a very pivotal moment of like our Instagram account of when that happened? Yeah. So we started the Instagram account like long before anyone really used Instagram. I remember like driving around um, Flower Hill, our neighborhood in the summer. And there was like, I, and like I just learned about this new platform, Instagram, where you like share photos, whatever. We downloaded it and I remember being like upset because we couldn't get Betches Love This. So it couldn't match our ugly Twitter handle. <laughs> so we could only get Betches. But like we got it. We sat on it. Had no idea how to use Instagram. It was like all those weird filters. But then we went out to dinner. And um, our first like dinner, our first Instagram was like I photographed like an empty plate and wrote like hashtag dinner. And it was like... <laughs> I mean, it's ironic now thinking that like we now have a whole podcast that's devoted to like kind of the exact opposite message of what healing we thought that, from that mindset, right. healing from that, like that what we thought was like a funny joke. And like at the time, you know, probably was like, you know, probably was like a very common, it was a very common Deep attitude. And green diet culture. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it, it is interesting to think like that is kind of the first post we did there. And now like, we devote a lot of time to like trying to recover from that mindset and hopefully help other people recover from it. So yeah, I mean, Instagram at the time, it was not like big. So that account sat dormant for like, like two years probably. And then people started using Instagram. Um, That's when sort of like influencers came about. Meme culture started to like take off. And that was like, the beginning of the Instagram that you know and love. <laughs> right. And when we did pick up that Instagram, we again, like we were sort of just following because we were creating, we didn't also know that we were like, we're, we didn't have this like mission statement. We didn't have this big vision. We weren't like, this is our target demo. Like we weren't really, again, we weren't business people in that moment, but we were using our gut instinct and following that to go with what we knew was our audience, which was us. Like uh, we were the demographic of our audience, like women right out of college, figuring their life out. And we were doing all of that for, that's why we joined Instagram because we were like, okay, we heard about it. Let's join it. Well, it was like another, it was was another, it's, I think it started as another way to just promote our articles, which were like the thing that we were really into at the time too. It was like, we would, we would write an article uh, all three of us and send it around and edit it. We would, that's another thing. Like in yeah. the beginning, every day we would, all three of us would write 
every article. Someone would write the article and then they would send it to another one of us and that person would edit it and then you send it to the final person and then the fi- and then you'd send it back to the original writer and they would get if you wrote if you started the article, you got the final say before you put it up. Oh, oh my right. god. And we would do that every time. And then once you put it up, then you promoted it on Facebook um, and then you promoted right. it on Twitter. And then I think when Instagram came around, it was like, OK, like here's another way to like just promote our articles, not realizing that it would like take on a life of its own and become its own like beast. And the way it grew was just like so exponential that um, people were really interested in in starting to advertise on there. And I think that's really when we started to become um, financially viable. Yeah, like right. when we can pay ourselves. I think that was like one of the most exciting times was just being able to say to like to support ourselves, to support yeah. ourselves off of our own money. I mean, I remember having like I had like before we were making money, I had like three part time jobs. I remember just like trying to piece together rent. So it was like exciting to be able to not do those things anymore and just support ourselves off of the business. Absolutely. Another thing that we started really early based on like the advice of like the people that we were like helping us was like starting an e-com shop and like a merch shop. And we started it. We made a deal that we were, was not that good where we like had to, where they made all of the, the, the stuff they designed all the stuff and we just had to promote it. But because we, but what ended up happening was that we were like really not proud. We hated the stuff that they were making. And we felt like because that they were like, had more control, had more of a revenue share that we had to kind of just give in and say yes. And it didn't work out because we were like, we are not selling the things that we want to sell. And that was, I think our first like big kind of failure but in a way that we learned something really, really important, which helped us start shop batches a couple of years later, like completely on our from our own head. <laughs> like we were just like, we need to start an e-com shop. I think we need to diversify our revenue. Yeah. And um, I think I think we know what our audience wants to buy from us, which is just like translating our funny content on clothing on shit you can wear which is very much what we still do today and and we did it with um an amazing company we and, and it was the, the the we had no like partners that were taking any rev share we did it with um the amazing company and nonprofit spectrum designs on long island everyone go check them out and we made like a pretty great profitable second business within our business from e-com and we were like monetizing the audience pretty early on from both advertising and e-commerce so and this was like 2015 it was no it was, it was 20 it started in 2014 was the like spectrum redo of the shop and i remember my grandfather being like aileen did such an amazing job with the shop like you should see you what she did there when he took she, us out for steak <laughs> <laughs> She executed this whole project. She is really, she really did this so well. He never so nice. stopped talking about it for years. He's until so he nice. Yeah. Miss Sai. Yeah. I miss Sai. I really do. He would have totally, like, he would have totally just like enjoyed seeing this situation. Been proud of us. Would have had him on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> We've all been there, trying to fit everything we might need for a trip, only to end up with a suitcase bursting at the seams. But with base, there's room for everything. 15 pairs of underwear for a weekend trip? No problem. Deciding between a few pairs of shoes? Bring them all with base. It is my go-to travel bag. I love that the bag expands because I'm a chronic overpacker and it still fits in the overhead compartment. It just makes it so much easier to travel when I know there's a special place for everything. It makes me feel like a more organized version of myself. And I love that cushioned handle. I always get compliments on it too from anyone who's helping me with my bags. Base is thought of everything you could ever want in a piece of luggage. 360 degree gliding wheels, a cushioned handle, built-in weight indicator, washable bags for your dirty clothes, and all the interior pockets you need. Their luggage comes in multiple sizes and colors, and for shorter trips, the weekender bag is super functional and even has a place to store your shoes separately. Every piece is made to look better with miles, so you don't have to worry about it in cargo or overhead. And Base has over 30,000 five-star reviews. Whether you're packing for a quick trip or looking to breeze through the security line, Base has your personal items covered. Right now, Base is offering our listeners 15% off your first purchase by visiting basetravel.com slash betches go to basetravel.com slash betches for 15% off your first purchase that's b-e-i-s travel.com slash betches
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Think of yourself like a bottle of sparkling water. Get too shaken up and you're eventually going to burst. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I love therapy. I've been to therapy for many years and I love that when I have a big problem, I don't have to wait and let it fester and let it get bigger. I can start bringing it up in therapy and talk through it before it becomes an even bigger problem. Figuring out how to find coping skills when I've encountered anything that triggers me or stresses me is one of the main things that I've really learned from therapy and has helped me so much in my life. It's helped me to be a better version of myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Betches today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Betches. So fast forward, we needed to start working into an, in an office. We moved into a WeWork. That was like the new thing, right? Yeah. It was like people, it was like up and coming. We moved into a WeWork. We hired a new ad agency to help us sell our ads on both Instagram website Jordana and I got our like first RFP. Jordana, do you remember that? <laughs> yes, that was a disaster. It was a disaster because it was like for ABC and we were like, what the f-? Googling? What is an RFP? Right. <laughs> the, ro- the road to our own in-house sales team, I think, was like the most interesting road that we had. Like there was the night that you and yeah. I spent. We were like at WeWork until 10 p.m. trying to figure out an RFP, having no idea what the fuck we were talking about. There was a different scenario where we had outside people who were like, but then we were like, okay, we need someone who knows what they're doing in sales. So we got like an outside company to help us to come in right. and help us like monetize the website. And also like Instagram again, like was getting really big at the time, but they were based in Israel. So once Sammy and I had to actually go in and do a pitch to a company. at so big glory at like Boots USA. But you we want it. Yeah. Somehow we had never done that before. It was the biggest deal. And we pitched to this room of like 30 people just watching us. And we were like, what the fuck are we talking about? <laughs> yeah. But you guys did an amazing job because you won that like big. That was our first real, real RFB, yeah. <laughs> real campaign that we won. And that was like an early client of ours. Bumble, when Bumble was coming up, that was oh, like my our... Gosh. Set, that was like our second largest client, ongoing returning client. They were, they were like just starting off, and they they sponsored our second book party. Sammy, you pulled that full off. I can't believe I got Bumble to sponsor the second. I, I don't. Again, it's like the soap and glory thing where I'm like, obviously I believe that that like in our company, but like I do not. I didn't. I don't. I still don't know what I was doing or what I did. I think the moral of the story and the takeaway that I'm personally just getting from all of this rehashing of these stories is that we sort of we knew what we didn't know, and the things that we didn't have time to kind of find outside help for, and felt like we believed in ourselves enough to do on our own, we just did, and yeah. we weren't really that afraid to fuck up because we we're like, what's the right. worst that can happen? Well, I think maybe if we, I think, I think honestly, like I, I didn't even understand like the, the like seriousness of, or like the sort of like head, like, because I knew so little at the time, like there was like no pressure to be like, oh, don't fuck this part up. It's just like, okay, say why we think that this would benefit these other companies. Sales is just having conversations for people to people. So it really was, you were doing again by your gut what was the right move all the technical stuff behind that was like not stuff that we could speak to but i think it was a lot of like fake it till you make it and then like hire again you said like you said hire the right people and we were always so we were very afraid to take like like again like i remember when we were hiring our first employee chloe i remember like it being like a big thing like do we want to take on responsibility for like someone else because this is someone we're paying this is someone another who person's like, life yeah it's like if it doesn't work out it's not just the three of us anymore there's going to be like someone else who we have to pay every two weeks we have to pay them and i think that was like the scary that was really scary just to like take someone else one of the scariest career in your hands especially because we never raised capital we never funded our business externally we again always 
we paid ourselves and then we paid the business. And that's really was just what we were doing to get by. And every profit that we took that that came in for the business, we put right back into it. And when we hired Chloe, shout out Chloe, she's at L now. She's amazing. We felt like we absolutely needed. It wasn't just like this. Oh, yeah, we'll hire someone. We really we were like, we can't do what we're doing without someone to help us. And we need another person full time. And that's just kind of how it just kept going. We're like, okay, in order for us to make another X amount of dollars, we need to invest in in another person who can like help us take us to the next level. And that was basically every business decision, every with every business decision we made. And we made some again, like we made errors along the way. We hired ex people, but that's, that's normal. Like every, the best advice or best like thing I've ever heard, um, was that recruitment is one of the heart biggest challenges across all companies, not just your own. It's literally the biggest companies have challenges with recruitment to the smallest because finding the right people who are just as passionate about your company as you are is very hard. And, I'm personally so proud of the team that we have today. They're so amazing. And, and obviously the team that had happened along the way, but it's, it's incredible to look back at that day one. And then now look at this amazing team that we have. What I think is interesting is that when you sort of look at our business compared with like the landscape in digital media and tech, especially like women's, I almost feel like our business is a little bit like old fashioned. Like we never spent money we didn't have. We grew slowly. We never like expand, like we never threw like, because we couldn't obviously like a ton of money into like something that was that we weren't like pretty sure what the return would be. Obviously, I'm not saying we didn't make any mistakes or like have any missteps, right. but like it is and sort of old risks. fashioned. It was mitigated, yeah. mitigated. I risks. think it was like, yeah. I think it is sort of run like, a little bit uniquely like yeah uh, like we're a little family shop over here it's just funny that the only thing that we were like we must invest in this is like making sure every event and party we had was open bar <laughs> <laughs> on brand a hundred like we are very risk averse but like we would we will die before we have a a, an event but that is <laughs> i'm gonna turn that around because we know our audience <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and we know the people that were coming to our parties. We know we know our audience through and through. And imagine our audience coming to a party we throw and there's no open bar. They'd fucking hate us. Yeah. <laughs> so that is another marker of great, <laughs> of knowing your target demo. It's all about perspective. It's all yeah. about perspective. Um. So I think that we should cliffhang it right now because. We're at the point where like now out of college, we have this business that's like brewing, right? We, we, we sort of are viable. We've moved into the city. We, our parents aren't supporting us anymore. And let's, let's pause here and then talk about like the growth of the brand and how we turned it into what it is today. Definitely. I just want to say though, guys, great job on our business. (laughs) Rarely do you have time to look back, but it is, I think it's indisputable that we, and I never congratulate myself or brag about no, anything no. that our our business therapist told us that I need a brag sheet and I still don't because I don't know what to write, but it's just- That sounds like your perfectionism. <laughs> no, I don't know what to celebrate myself for because I just feel like, yeah, you just do it, whatever. Often women, especially women, do not- make time to celebrate their accomplishments, their achievements. Men can do it 24 seven, but women have a hard time with, you know, their brag sheet, their bragging rights. And so I think it's important just to give us ourselves a little tap. Is it a tap on the shoulder? What do you do? A pat on the back. Pat on the, pat on the back. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know American <laughs> idioms. We're trying to get our own attention. Yeah. <laughs> tap on but, the shoulder. It's, it's very, um, it's very feminist to brag about yourself, actually. Well, that's so that's what I just thought it was nice to give ourselves a little good job. Yeah, I agree. Good job, Aileen. You, you've done a great job. Thanks, Sammy. You too. You too, Jordana. <laughs> you too. You too. Both of you. <laughs> Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? 
With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I'm Betch's co-founder, Aileen. And as you may know, we have been in the media game for a minute. And between meetings, podcasting, dinners, etc., I need a wardrobe that works with me, not against me. And that's why Lee is a staple in my wardrobe. I recently got this white jacket, jean jacket from Lee, and I got their button down. I must say that the quality is very, very good because when you wear a button down, it is very difficult to find one that doesn't kind of come apart. And this one is not only very soft and comfortable, like I can move my arms around, but I really, really like it. It just looks really cute. And it's like Western, Western's so in right now. And then I also love the white jacket I got. It's like off white, but it has this blue stitching and it's like, I'm gonna wear it over the shoulders, perhaps on my vacation. I'm just really into it. And Denim trends come and go, but Lee is legendary for creating denim cuts that fit your body. Their denim gets better with age and their classics fit into every look. Lee's denim jacket is the one to reach for without fail. It's a classic. The Ryder jean jacket is the OG and what every other brand has copied for decades. Everyone is an icon in their own right and Lee makes denim so people can own their style and feel good in their clothes. Their spring collection is here, so get the freshest looks and cuts before anyone else. You can find your Lee fits by visiting lee.com, that's L-E-E.com, that's L-E-E.com to shop spring looks now. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you, Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. You choose whatever you want to rent for whatever you have going on. It's totally up to you. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There's no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. So it's no big deal if you lose a button, spill something, or you just need to take a break. They have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles, but right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code BETCHES20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com, that's Newly with two U's, and enter the code BETCHES20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, Newly with two U's, and use code BETCHES20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Now it's time for the Dear Betches listener email of the week brought to you by Affirm. Shopping's a lot less stressful when you've got Affirm on your side. With no late fees or hidden charges, Affirm tells you exactly how much you'll owe and when you'll be done paying. So you can make the perfect purchase today with no gotchas tomorrow. The subject of our email this week is about pursuing a career when you have absolutely no idea what you want to do with your life. You can submit your questions to podcast at Betches.com. In the next several weeks, we'll be fielding more questions about dating, career, friendship, and more. Sammy, as always, do you want to read this week's email? Dear Aileen, Jordana, and Sammy, I'm a longtime fan of the podcast, and I was even a Betch Lab listener for years, so I'm glad to see you back, and I need some advice. So here goes. I really don't know what to do with my life right now. More specifically, I don't know what I want to do for a career. When I was still in college, I started working in a pharmaceutical company and slid into a full-time position there immediately after graduating. It's been almost four years since I started, and I recently realized this is not something I want to do for a living. After a breakup at the end of 2020, I've been really reassessing what makes me happy, and I came to the conclusion that I never even chose my career path. It just kind of happened. The part that scares me is I feel like I'm five or more years behind everyone else who figured out what they want to do back in college, and I don't even know where to start. I made a list of jobs that I thought might make me happy, and my top three areas would be to work in either event planning, social media, or to work in an art gallery and eventually start my own. But how do I even start over? Would it be weird to drop everything and to try to find an internship to get my foot in the door at 26? What if I don't like the career I pursue? What if I wanted to start start my own thing? How do I even do that? Any and all advice would be greatly appreciated, especially coming from three people who made their own career path. Thanks so much. Sincerely, Confused Career Batch. I love a good quarter life crisis yeah. email. Yeah. I feel like we can, I mean, it's funny. We were all, we've been doing this since we graduated, like we said, but I do think we've all had our own moments of like, who am I? What do I want to do? What do I want to be? So who am I? And 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's the, why would the first thing I would say to her is that she's definitely not alone in that. I feel like so many people, not, not just like us, but the people around us, our friends, there's so many people who had that moment in their early twenties or even mid twenties where they were like, am I, do I like this path that I chose? Is this something that like I actually want to do or have I just been doing it? And I think that like, this is very, very relatable and a lot, a lot of people go through this. Agreed. Well, it's okay. So, so my, first of all, I don't think five years is like that far to be behind. So that's the first thing. Like you're not as behind as you think is number one. Um, it's very normal to change your career path five years in. I We have friends who change their career paths, you know, five years in. The other thing is like, okay, so it's been five years, but just because it's been that long, do you want to spend the rest of your life? You know, you could just switch now. You could just give something else a try now. And then you won't, you know, you already know you don't want to do what you're doing. So I would take that information seriously. rather than yeah. yeah, seriously, rather than kind of just like forcing yourself to keep doing it because you've always been doing it. And like I would encourage you to take the leap. Yeah, because you can you imagine yourself in the future? Like you you wait, you wait ten years later, so fifteen years total, and you're like, now I'm gonna switch. I wish I had done it five, ten years ago. Like, it gets harder to it, switch. It gets harder. And yeah, speaking to our friends, we have one friend, friend, shout out to Miranda, who I've always, I've like always just admired for her making such a huge shift. I've never told her I should message her. She could listen. That, <laughs> um, she's listened to this part. That like she, she had this like really good, well-paying job at a consulting firm and she dropped it all and went to put went to become a doctor she had to do her whole post post back because she wasn't pre-med in in college and is now a doctor and she did that several right. years after college and like that's really admirable because it's so scary to take a huge risk so you're not alone in like the fear of like how do i know what i'm not doing how do i know if what i'm doing is right but like sammy said take what you know and like take that as data, take it as info and try to make a decision from it. Also, I, I don't think it has to be like this zero to 100 thing. I mean, everyone's situation is different. Everyone's financial situation. Like, I don't know what this this, you know, listeners situation is. Maybe she can afford to, uh, um, you know, take an internship if it's unpaid or pays less than she, what she's making now. And if she can, I also think there's ways around that, too. Like, you can also just like... You could do like a night internship or do something up for a few hours a day while you're currently working at your own job if you want to like figure out if you want to kind of like test the waters because you're not sure if it, if it would work out in this other job. I think it's okay to like you don't have to change your whole life if you're not ready for that if that seems too big. I think the first step is just like like you guys said like thinking about what taking data, taking inventory about like what you would want to do and then you can like try those things out without fully committing to them. Well, also like, okay, just because you've been in a pharmaceutical company for five years doesn't mean that you like your skills are 100% to waste. Like, let's say you now want to go work in event planning. So you could get an entry level job. Probably it will be a pay cut, but you can get an entry level job and and you can talk about how your experience in the past has made you really good at logistics, has made you really organized, has made you really good at speaking to vendors and, you know, maybe negotiating. So, you know, I don't necessarily know exactly what the like skill matches, but finding ways that what the actions that you did in your last job, even though it was pharmaceuticals, could potentially help a new job. And I don't think that like an employer, if they see that you're hardworking, like maybe you won't get every job. But like, I do think that employers are open to people who seem hardworking, that they might have the skills, even if there is a little bit of training involved. So like, I think you should really go for it. I think that's great advice. Yeah, that's great advice. Well, good luck, Confused Career Batch. <laughs> yeah. So thanks again to Confused Career Batch. We hope you found that advice helpful. But if you're looking for some really good advice, try a firm the next time you go online shopping. With a firm, you can pay over time at thousands of stores like The Real Real, David Yurman, Adidas, Alice and Olivia, StockX, Rebag, Dyson Hair, and more. Whether you're shopping for one big ticket item or a few wishlist purchases, a firm gives you a smarter and more transparent alternative to your credit card. Visit affirm.com slash betches to shop the latest in electronics, fashion, and more. Then pick the payment plan that works best for you. Aileen, how's your firm Peloton? 
my Peloton that, that I purchased with a firm that everyone knows by now is how I purchased <laughs> it. It is great. I don't feel like all of a sudden I have no money because I, I, I paid fully out of pocket. I pay monthly over the course of like a long time. And it's just like having an inexpensive gym membership monthly and there's zero interest. So I don't, I'm not, you know, there's no, there's no fee on my on borrowing and it was so easy to use. So I'm really thrilled and I know exactly how much I pay every month and you should really try it for yourself. Head to affirm.com slash Betches to get started today. That's affirm.com slash Betches or download the free Affirm app for eligible customers only. All right, now we're going to play a would you rather game all about work life and to help explain how the game works and to lead us through it, we have our favorite Dana. Welcome back, Dana. Hi. Welcome back. What's up? Things are good. We're ready for the game. We're excited (laughs) to see what it will have in store for us. All right. So it's just, it's standard. Would you rather? Um, If you've never played it before, I'm going to give them two (laughs) options and they choose which they would rather experience or do or have. Do we choose individually or as a group? You can choose individually. (laughs) I think let's see. That'll speak to your, your personalities, your preferences. So let's jump right in. Number one, would you rather work at your dream job for 40 years, but you can never retire or work at your or work at a terrible job for 10 years and then retire? Are you making the same amount of money? I don't know. Well, but like, am I, am <laughs> yes. I set for life once I retire after 10 years? I assume it's like you're making the same amount of money either over 40 years or over 10, but one you hate and one you love. 10 years. 10 years. Yes. 40. I think 10 too. I'd rather do the thing I like for longer. Yeah, but who's to say you can't do what you want to do after those 10 years? You could just be like, yeah, I'm going to. You retire. Gonna just, that's it. Yeah. No more work. Hobbies, hobbies. I'll, I'll travel. <laughs> I don't know that. I don't know that I like I like the idea of like the stress of the 10 years, like being so concentrated. I feel like that can really do some damage. I could handle, I could it. handle it. I, that's I like agree. most entry jobs. This question sort of reminds me about how Jordana asks me why I take an Uber when it will take longer than the subway? And the answer is, I would rather be comfortable for longer than uncomfortable for shorter. <laughs> that, I think that is a fundamental difference between us. Yeah. <laughs> we, have, we have more of an appetite for suffering. <laughs> yeah. No I mean, you look here. fired up like you're ready to tackle the 10 years. Yeah, <laughs> at this <like>, moment. <laughs> You know, like I, I didn't go to sleepaway camp. Well, I did go to sleepaway camp, but not. I wasn't like a sleepaway camp person. I feel like that whole like saying was like, "You live ten months for two. No, <laughs> I fucking hate that, and it's not applicable. <laughs> it's not applicable. <laughs> okay. All right. Question two: Would you rather work at a company with no internet or have to commute three hours to work every day? How do you do the work? How do you do the work? work? Doesn't require internet by hand. Oh, that's great! I would love that. No internet. Work on like a farm. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking yeah! I'll milk some cows. What jobs don't need internet? Probably like great like jobs. You're getting like you're outside. You do pottery with your hands. Jordana's gonna retire and live on a ranch. Commute a three-hour handle maker. I would definitely rather do the no internet. Is it a three-hour commute one way? Yes. No waste of your life. Yeah. Yeah, I'm working with that. I did a two and a half hour commute at the start of Betches. Temporarily. Oh, I moved quick. And that was also (laughs) my choice. Thriving. (laughs) But that's a waste of your life. It was. It was a lot. That's because the city is fucking expensive or now it's not as expensive. But at the time, (laughs) going back to being expensive. Commute for a job you want. Of course, unless you have to and you like the job is your just absolute dream job and you don't feel like it's a waste and you just love podcasts or reading books, then <laughs> it's you need fine. the internet for I podcasts. I would just sleep. A lot of people I know who are like parents say that like their commute home is just like solace. <laughs> because oh, I'm it's, sure. It's their time to themselves. <laughs> and so sad. After work <laughs> is done. So like maybe some other people would have a different perspective, but who knows? Coming, yeah, coming from... A former long commuter. No, that is a pretty damning assessment of parenthood, to be (laughs) honest. (laughs) My favorite part of the day is when I'm traveling between (laughs) my two responsibilities. You get your your free time. You can listen to your, like I said, podcast, read a book, like meditate. But think about what a bad rap commuting gets and when your commute becomes the best thing. Hey, (laughs) kids are hard. (laughs) Something to look forward to. 
a commute. Yeah. Um, number three, would you rather be the youngest person in the office or the oldest person in the office? Youngest. Which office? Depends how, on the how's my salary. <laughs> <laughs> none of that. None of that is a factor. Just your personal preference. I'd rather be the oldest. I think I'd rather be the youngest. I really can't I feel like decide. it would make me feel like an overachiever. Like I'm the youngest person in this. No, okay. Office. When I was a headhunter for six weeks, I was the youngest person in the office. And I just felt like a fucking idiot and I hated it. <laughs> and I was couldn't didn't have anything to say to these old ass people. And <laughs> I <Old ass> people <laughs> who are definitely our age. They now. were like 35. Yeah. If you ever t- heard me talk about my age with Aileen, I'm very into being younger. <laughs> We've gone yeah. to fights. Yes. About like it. actual fights. Um, Aileen, what about you? I think probably youngest. It's fun. Coming yeah. from the former youngest. If it were Betches, I wouldn't <laughs> mind being the youngest. Are you still the youngest, Dana? I think Maddie might be the youngest now, the new UAP manager. But I had a good run. <laughs> <laughs> Teach her your ways, Dana. Yeah. Well, yes. All right. Number four. Would you rather never go to the office again or wear masks at the office forever? Never. Never again. Uh, of course. Really like- <laughs> forever? Like for the next forever. Like- for as long as you work at the um, office. Never go to the office again. I yeah, I can I'll do anything to avoid having to do that. I that is a, not even a hard question. <laughs> <laughs> Masks are no, I love going to the office. I'd still be like, never. (laughs) I love going to the office. I love working with people and talking to people. It's very lonely to be home all day by yourself. I know. Well, you, uh, your, your husband doesn't work at home, so you don't have one coworker that's here all day. Just like talking to Sansa (laughs) and like myself pacing around the apartment. Like, (laughs) that's can't wait till my next meeting. You oh, can't no. wait till your next meeting. So wow. she can chat with someone who isn't Sansa. <laughs> yeah, or like my fucking TV. You should have a meeting with Sansa. Yeah. We do. Trust me. <laughs> oh, my God. What's on your to-do list today? <laughs> Please get me the report by the end of the day. <laughs> oh, my report. God. All right. <laughs> next one. Next one is, would you rather sit next to someone in the office who talks way too loudly on the phone or someone who has their phone notifications on full volume all the time? Uh, full volume notifications. The notifications. Jordana. I think they're like equally annoying. I cannot stand. I, I kind of like when someone's on the phone, then I can hear overhear their conversations. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Something I deeply Always miss. Always informed. Yeah, but then like they're talking yeah. in your ear and you can only think about what they're saying. I can't deal with loud noises by people. <laughs> but those loud noises, but I would just put headphones in either way, but like I would rather the notification person. Also, the notification person is more of a pariah generally. So rather than like the person who just talks loud. So uh, other people would sympathize with me. That's right. that's fair. Okay. And then the last one, would you rather have a boss who you never hear from or one who critiques every single thing that you do? No matter never, how you never hear from. Never hear from. Is that hard? No. <laughs> some pe- I know some people are very into like knowing what they're doing is good or bad. So but I we're guess no. that's true. Oh. It's like, how do you know how you're doing if you never hear? Right. You get the paycheck. It keeps you coming. No, you have your own. You, <laughs> you don't you judge yourself by your yeah. own internal locus. Of, yeah. yeah. Judge yourself. <laughs> you know how you're doing because you got the direct deposit. Well, here's the thing. Like the three of us have never like really had bosses. So we've learned to know how we're doing. So <laughs> we're kind of each other's bosses. We answer to each other. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, like someone to answer, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's scarier <laughs> when it's like when it's like the person has like more control. Right. Right. OK, well, that was fun. That the was last it? one was very easy. Oh. That was it. Oh, we could keep going. Oh, thank you. Yeah, give (laughs) us more. Wait, let me, I'll ask you guys one. Would you rather, I'll switch the one with the person who talks. Talk so loud or someone who chews so loud? Oh, Oh, talk so loud. Chewing loud is like. Chew so loud or has bad BO? Chews. Oh. Headphones. You can't get rid of the smell. Imagine just using nose blocks. I feel nauseous. I would rather the chewing. You could have the chewing is like you could play music. Do you know? Did you know there is a gene that some people have that makes you more averse 
to the sound of chewing. I did. Know and that. some people don't have that. I yeah. think I learned that on 23 and me. <laughs> <laughs> this is a biology lesson. Anyway, so wait, which one would you, Dana, what would you choose? Okay. Ew. I'm going <laughs> home. Um, either way, I'm calling in sick. I think I would prefer the loud talking and the the chewing because I would yeah. fully gag if the smell was in my nostrils all day. A smell is much more invasive than agreed. Ugh. I think a smell Depending is on the sound. Right. Yuck. Neither. Please fire me so I don't have to suffer. <laughs> would you rather have to kick someone out of your office every time you wanted to like use it yourself or someone accidentally eats your lunch that you brought in once a week? My sandwich? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I feel like you politely kick people out of your office. All of you, you're like... <laughs> I just have to jump on a call. Hi, and- okay, bye. Y'all. <laughs> right, it's not I'm that bad out. to kick people out of your office. No. Like, yeah, it's, that one's they easier. know it's yours. Okay, what about, um? okay, Dana, would you rather, now we're starting the questions. Okay. On you. Would you rather sit next to the smelly microwave where people um like Make made their, like eggs, tuna sandwiches, tuna. like that's what's happening near the microwave? Or would you rather sit next to a, a construction drill? That's what I'm saying. The microwave. I was close to the microwave anyway. At the, <laughs> okay, at the okay. Awful. Okay. Okay. The microwave or a smelly person? B.O. The B.O. Are people really heating up fish? That really does yeah. it for me. Tuna melts. Tuna melts. <laughs> They're heating up fish. The B.O. I'm not a, a seafood. I have like a taste aversion for it. I want to throw up. They're heating up, Dana, they're heating up last night's leftovers of a tuna casserole. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, wait, wait, I got another one. Would you rather have to watch The Bachelor for your entire work day or have no internet? No internet. No No internet. Easy. Rather than watch The Bachelor? Absolutely. But you could chat while you're watching The Bachelor. Like you Mm -mm. could be doing whatever else you want. Okay. I didn't have internet last night. I read a book. A whole book. <laughs> Look at you, productive. I would rather not watch The Bachelor, um, but be you... sure to subscribe to The Bachelor newsletter because I do write that, and it's great. Great job, great job, Dana. <laughs> Wait, what book did you read? What book did you read? Um, it's called. She's like, I don't remember. It's called The Last Post. <laughs> like on Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> it's a sad story. Someone dies. Okay. It was cute. Oh, okay. Oh, God. Right. It's cute. Well, thanks so much, Dana. Thank you. Thanks. I'll be back next week. This has been fun. We're excited. That's it for our third episode of the season of At Batches. Only seven more to go, but who's counting? We'll be back next week for episode four. That's right. Next week, we're going to continue the story of how Batches really came to be with more about our early 20s, living in New York City and growing the brand. And like starting all our podcasts too. Like that, we haven't even gotten there. The Bachelor recaps, we haven't even gotten there. In the meantime, check out Batches.com. We just did our rebrand. It is still up on there. I am loving our little bee mascots. They make me so happy every time I see them. I love the merch. The merch is so yeah, good. Yeah, I'm wearing the shirt as we speak. It's all I've been wearing for the past week oh, it's since I got so it. It's so good. It's so good. So you're the girl who are sitting next to you at the VO. I mean, I shower, <laughs> wash it, it's a but joke. thank you. I'm calling back a joke from the episode. Okay. Well. <laughs> yeah, no, we get it. You said you're wearing it every day. There's, I have like six of them. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the At Betches podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to the show. So go follow me at Aileen. Follow me at Jordana Abraham. Follow me at Sammy. And of course, at Betches on Instagram. Send your advice emails to podcast at Betches.com. And until next time, this has been the At Betches podcast. At Betches is produced by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Dana Samuel. Editing by Sean Kilby and Stacey Wong. Be sure to follow At Betches on Instagram and send us your emails to podcast at betches.com. Betches.